You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Through weekly phone calls, regular prison house visits, and his own hours spent poring over everything he could read, Jim Beatty learned a lot about Pee Wee Gaskins. He learned that they grew up in proximity to each other, that Pee Wee spent time with the carnival, that he was an exemplary employee, and that they worked at the same factory at different times. Pee Wee's own history and image both were inflated by media. Some of these stories are true, prison escapes and child endangerment, and some stories are legends unsupported by evidence, like cannibalism. He didn't have an MO, didn't have a trigger that figured into his killings. You can point to some things in Pee Wee's life that at least made these things possible. They could beat me because I couldn't hardly get up. That's the kind of treatment I got as a childhood. I know 17 that he killed over his whole life. I think he thought of himself as a legend in his own mind. From iHeartRadio and Doghouse Pictures, this is Pee Wee Gaskins Was Not My Friend. I'm Jeff Keating. Jim Beatty had many questions when he agreed to author Pee Wee Gaskin's biography. To his own surprise, rather than find the media-hyped killer, Jim found something very different. The paradox, the contradiction of this being, this creature that I sat with for so many hours is absolutely fascinating to me. These two men would quickly discover that they had a lot in common and some very stark differences. I wanted to know about the life of this man. This man, a year older than I, grew up 80 miles apart 
somewhat geographically and environmentally the same people. Here I am, blessed with a family and a career in teaching, and here's a man who grew up and became a mass murderer. They may have grown up in the same area, in a similar environment, but their beginnings were vastly different. Here's Pee Wee Gaskins talking about the abuse he received as a child, from his sister's cruelty, and the many other adults who lived together with his mother in the early 1940s. My sister told him I had done anything no matter if I had or I had not. They'd beat hell out of me, and I'd go around the house uh, at the corner and start to cry and uh, and to rub these uh, big red welts on me. She'd come around where I was at, and she'd tell me, goody, 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 and uh, and most of the times I'd slap hell out of her for doing that. And I knew that when I did it, they were going to beat me again. And even even if I didn't do it, a lot of times she'd run in the house uh, making like she was crying, and she'd tell my mother that I had slapped her, I'd beat her, and they'd come out there and you know, beat me till I couldn't hardly get up. I had red welts all over my th- back and everything. That's the kind of treatment I was got as a childhood. I never, ever once remember being spanked severely. I was never punished physically, never any kind of physical harm or danger in my home. I was utterly obedient and wouldn't have thought of breaking a rule. Part of Jim's discipline was because he was raised by a Presbyterian minister. His family attended church every week. Pee-wee despised the church or anything to do with it, and it started back when his mother would drag him to church every Sunday. Jim and his wife Anita have been married over 50 years, and as it turns out, Pee-wee had somewhere around six wives. I loved what he told me on divorce. I'll never forget it. I said, Pee-wee, how in the world do you get divorced and married six times and deal with that? He said, oh, you don't get divorced in South Carolina. I said, all you got to do in South Carolina is just go buy another marriage license. Surprisingly, Jim and Pee-wee also worked in the same Campbell Soup factory at different times. Strangely enough, Campbell Soup was not manufactured there. The only thing manufactured there were Swanson chicken pot pies. And my job at Campbell's soup plant was to clean the wing machine. And during my interviews, Pee Wee had mentioned a Campbell soup knife. And he pointed out to me that the Campbell soup knife was used in several of the deaths. And I was fascinated with this. And he explained to me that the Campbell soup knife is a butcher knife, but it has a razor sharp blade. It's more like a razor than a knife. And that was what he used to clean the raw meat of the chickens as they prepared to become Swanson chicken pot pies. And I had occasion to say to Pee Wee, Pee Wee, you're not going to believe this, but I worked at Campbell Soup Plant also. He said, you did not. I said, yes, I did. So we decided then that Pee Wee and I together 
had been responsible for feeding the world Swanson chicken pot pies. These men were contrasts in history and demeanor. A minister and a murderer. A literary professor and a self-taught man. And they shared a certain amount of respect as well. I also think that he had respect for me. For instance, I never heard Pee Wee one time, not once, in all of my interviews. I never heard him use profanity. He was gracious, actually, in those areas, which would be very surprising to millions of people who've read things about Pee Wee. Earning and keeping Pee Wee's respect would prove challenging. After all, Jim's first task as a writer was to listen and avoid confrontation with a killer. Sometimes the stories he told Jim were verifiably true, others less so. Here's one of the first stories he told Jim. It resulted in Pee Wee's incarceration at the age of 13. Sunday afternoon, Pee Wee was on his way to his friend's house down the road. They were going to work on bicycles. And Pee Wee noticed a young woman in the cornfield in one of the corn rows. She was struck, he thought, by the butt end of an axe and fell to the ground. And whoever hit her disappeared. Pee Wee ran to her, held her head in his lap. She, of course, was bleeding. He got blood on him and on his clothes. The person was gone. He left the girl he thought dead. Went down the road to work on the bicycles. Came back and there were dozens of people at the old pirate home place. Sunday afternoon, police cars, neighbors, everybody. And they questioned him and arrested him and took him away. Pee-wee was tried for the crime based on a different version of the story from prosecutors. In their view, Gaskins broke into a home to steal some items, believing the family was gone for the weekend. But a young woman, slightly older than Gaskins and a student at his school, came home during the burglary and attacked him with an axe. Gaskins fought back and hit her in the head with the weapon. A Florence County judge sentenced Pee Wee Gaskins, or as he was known at the time, Donald Henry Parrott Jr., to four years incarceration at the South Carolina Industrial School for White Boys. When he called the judge a son of a bitch for the sentence, he earned another year. That sentence, from June 1946 until May 1951, would be just the beginning of his incarceration history. Here's Jim Beatty looking back on the story. He, of course, admitted to many other things that he did do, so I don't think that he had any reason to lie about that. I think it's 50-50 whether or not Peavy was really guilty or not on that early charge that put him in reform school. My view of the reform school is that it was a terrible institution created and invented by people who were, first of all, racists and certainly had no sense of equality in social values. Uh, poor people, um, black people, these were the 
reasons for the creations, in my opinion, of children's prisons. Jim had good reason to question the justice system for children in 1946. Pee Wee Gaskins joined 250 other boys in a facility that was ripe for abuse. It's impossible to say if things would have turned out differently had Gaskins avoided the children's prison sentence, but at least Pee Wee thought so. He commented often the fact that this was the first time that he was ever in prison and that it was under a false charge. And he reiterated to me that we would not be sitting in the penitentiary had it not been, first of all, incarcerated in the reform school. He was abused by guards. He was abused by a nurse. Seriously, brutally mistreated. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Donald Gaskins had several monikers. Pee-wee the redneck Charles Manson, the meanest man in America, most were ascribed to him as testament to either his physical stature or the gruesome nature of his crimes. And the continual retelling of his horrors, real or fabricated, 
has given birth to myths and legends. Like many legends, there's often a thread of truth. Gaskin's life of crime began early. At the age of 13, he was sent to reform school. It was reported that he successfully escaped a total of four times. Florence County Deputy Sheriff Ray Shoup testified that he arrested Gaskins and returned him to the industrial school so many times that he eventually gave up, figuring they didn't want him there anyway. Gaskins escaped the first time after receiving a telling letter from his mother. Here's reporter Holly Gatling and Jim Beatty. Pee Wee's backstory is that he was raised by the name of Junior Parrot, and then he found out later that his father was named Gaskins, and he changed his name to Gaskins. But he was raised Junior Parrot, so at some point along the line, changed his name to Pee Wee Gaskins. I have no record or any indication that anyone ever called Junior Parrot anything but Junior until he was in prison years later. And at age 13, he changed his name to Donald Henry Gaskins when he confronted his father. So Donald Henry Gaskins Jr. was sentenced to a violent reform school. He fought constantly with other boys, and there were beatings from guards. One morning, Gaskins eluded patrol after breakfast and escaped. Stories like these became common. People getting a big kick out of people being able to trick the law over and over and over again. And he was uh, elated with that. Just loved talking about it and telling me about it. After another bloody encounter at reform school, Gaskins was sent to a psychiatric hospital for evaluation, but he was found sane enough to return to the industrial home. He immediately ran away again. This time, he took cover as a mechanic in a traveling carnival that had set up in Florence. It was his first involvement with Amusements of America. He met a 14-year-old girl there. Once the girl's father found out about their relationship, Pee-wee agreed to marry her. They went to a justice of the peace, and the father signed off on the marriage. When the carnival left South Carolina, Gaskins returned to the industrial home to complete his sentence. The nickname Pee-wee came about years after he changed his name from Parrot to Gaskins. Here's Jim again. Then, some six, eight years after that, in the Columbia prison, Pee-wee told me that he got the name Pee-wee because a reporter stated to a guard, or the guard to the reporter, one way or the other, that little Pee-wee fella, and the reporter wrote that, and that caused the name to stick. But every other prison, from reform school until the last, he was able to escape a time or two. And one of the more humorous ones I've always found was in the uh, CCI in Columbia, in one of his earlier incarcerations. He was involved somehow with a tour of church folks who were in certain areas of the prison. So he realized if he could just get right in that group, 
that he could walk out when they walked out. And he did. Pee-wee was clever and a master manipulator. He soon developed something of a flair for his antics. He found great enjoyment in pulling the rug out from under his captors. It's no wonder the press joined in disseminating Gaskin's wild tales. These stories and images look good in print. In reference to his many escapes, in 1975, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution reported, quote, Long before the bodies were found, Junior Parrot Gaskins had become a piece of local folklore, end quote. It goes on to report a fantastical story where Pee-wee jumped out of a second-story window of a courthouse. Soon after, police released the bloodhounds, and Pee-wee caught them and tied them to a tree. While police were still on foot searching the woods, Gaskin circled back and wrote, Pee-wee was here, on the roof of one of the patrol cars. And then there's a story when Gaskins got away by fooling authorities into thinking he was at the bottom of a pit of quicksand quicksand. And when Pee-wee turned himself in in the Florence prison, one of the guards said to him, you know, Pee-wee, they dug for you for about a week. And Pee-wee said, well, did they find me? And the guard said, no. And he said, well, why couldn't they? He said, because you, Pee-wee, are smarter than they are. After Pee-wee jumped out of the courtroom window, he complained of an injury. Jim mockingly refers to this as Pee-wee's forever limp. When they were alone, the limp would often mysteriously disappear. Ira Parnell also recalled the limp to be just another one of Gaskin's stunts. Oh, he had a limp, all right. Until you turned him loose. You took your hands up of him, he'd gone like a rabbit. He let it be known at every opportunity that he was crippled. All of this celebrity emboldened Pee-wee even more. He took great pleasure in causing confusion and mayhem. At a courthouse, the authorities once again got caught chasing their tail. So they're in this room, packed with law enforcement people, probably 25, 30. And they'd been going since that morning. And one of the attorneys said, can we take a break? So everybody gets up and leaves the room. And they realize when everyone was in the hall with the door closed, that Pee-wee's in the room by himself. He's handcuffed, ankle chains, with their two loaded revolvers in the desk beside where the solicitor was sitting. And one of the sheriffs bursts in and says, who's guarding Pee-wee? He said, Solicitor, do you realize there are two loaded weapons in that desk drawer? They put their heads together. And they say, all right, five of us burst the door open with our weapons pointed at him. And that's exactly what they did. And Pee-wee is there with his feet on the desk. And he said... Boys, you all know I would not hurt a fly. Pee-wee enjoyed telling that story. He loved it. 
Ira Parnell recalls another time Pee Wee tried to escape. Pee Wee agreed to show authorities where more bodies were buried. Gaskins and 10 members of the SLED forensic team combed an open field near Florence. Pee Wee was cuffed and shackled at the waist. He was anxious and kept trying to create space between himself and the guards. He was like a little dog trying to pull on his leash. But he wanted to get away from everybody, get gone and go, go look. But what we didn't know at the time was is there was at least two people in a little small pickup truck that would try to take him away from us. And we saw that little truck circle there that we were in twice. We were all spread out, probably 75 to 100 yards in a line with Pee Wee in the middle. And our old lieutenant told Pee Wee, boy, if anybody tries to take you from me, you could be the first one shot. I just want you to remember that. Pee Wee kind of slowed up a little bit then and calmed down some. But that little truck, we found out later, those people had planned to take him from us, tried to take him. But it was too many of us, and we weren't munched up enough longer to shoot in there amongst us. That was a situation make your hair stand up after you thought about it. <laughs> the internet is replete with horrific larger-than-life chronicles of Donald Pee Wee Gaskins. Folks seize financial opportunities to report that Pee Wee raped babies. And some of the wilder stories tell that the meanest man in America was also a cannibal eating his victims after he murdered them. No law enforcement brought any charges or evidence like this in official legal proceedings, and Jim Beatty refutes many of them. In his writings and retellings of his personal experiences with Pee Wee, he often speaks of a kindness, a civil exchange of sorts. It can be difficult to see a monster as a man, but Jim was more interested in discovering truth and redemption than reveling in Gaskin savagery. The media, which relies on larger-than-life coverage, just couldn't gel with Jim Beatty's approach to the story. I had reported to them that he related to me acts of kindness, which pleasantly surprised me. Newspaper and television reports sought Jim's input on the whole saga, but he wasn't melodramatic to suit media needs for vibrant, over-the-top stories. Pee-wee wasn't a deranged killer, always on the prowl for his next victim. He was seen and heard and known in his community. Pee-wee weaved his associates and family members into his crimes, and he didn't hesitate to kill anyone who would get in his way. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. 
you'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid Mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Pee Wee's myth thrived in the media. His recordings for a book called The Final Truth were accepted as ultimate testimony for the public at least. Law enforcement never corroborated the stories from that book beyond those for which there were legal proceedings. Pee Wee had open access to the recording equipment and several hours of tape to fill with all sorts of stories and claims. And when the author turned on his recorder, he just let Pee Wee speak. Here's Cecil Chandler and Holly Gatling recalling Pee Wee's image. The books with the recording, I think that made you really feel a part of being near or around Pee Wee because you actually heard his voice on the recordings. Hearing was believing. The recordings gave the stories authority, an aura of testimony. And then the author boldly called it the final truth. A mass murderer? Well, I don't believe that. I really don't believe he killed that many people when they're talking about somewhere up in the hundreds. Pee Wee Gaskins was clever. I think he had a very high IQ. Was he smart? Well, I don't know. To me, smart people live normal, productive lives. They don't go around killing people. So I would describe Pee Wee as clever and cunning. Now, when he was in prison, he would call Sheriff Barnes and say, I'm going to lead you to another body. But the sheriff always told me, he said he didn't believe him. He just thought he wanted to get out of prison. And that's what he would do to go out to look for more bodies. Pee Wee got investigators to take him out of prison on several occasions on the promise he'd lead them to another body. 
a body they could take off of their files. Sheriff Billy Barnes couldn't pass up on the possibility that he would actually deliver a body. Here's investigator Ira Parnell. I think it was his attempt to make the police look bad and him to look smart. And I don't think it was anywhere close to that many more people. There might have been a few more, but I don't think it was anywhere near where he was claiming. I do not believe that. I know of 17 that they were going to attribute to him that he killed over his whole life. His web of stories had the law's attention and the media's. Part of my interest in getting a master's degree completely unrelated to journalism or politics was trying to figure out what makes people do these evil things. First of all, I recognized him as a human being, and I was never afraid to talk to him. I'm pretty savvy. I know when I'm being manipulated. And I was certainly willing to listen to what he had to say. My feelings about him were actually sort of clinical, like somebody doing a psychological evaluation, which I certainly wasn't doing. But those thoughts were running through my mind. You know, when is he lying? When is he telling the truth? Why did he think that he had the right to do these things that he did? I think he thought of himself as a legend in his own mind. I think that's a common personality trait with a lot of people with criminal personalities. Here's Mark and Jim Beatty Jr., Like so many people involved in this story, they help shed greater detail in understanding and explaining this sordid tale and its central character. My first reaction is identifying Pee-wee as a bit of a coward. In other words, taking the lives of young people probably a little bit easier than taking on a grown person. He killed plenty of grown people, but there were a lot of young people that were killed. The age of his victims used to bother me, especially the young girls. And I think at some point I might have mentioned that to Dad. What's the deal? How did this keep going on and on and on? In the news, if if there's a young girl missing somewhere, guess what? Pull all the plugs. Let's find out what's going on. Dad explained to me that these were kids on the edge. These were kids on the periphery. These were marginalized individuals in many ways. And frankly, I think Dad told me one day, he said, they just don't have a whole lot of people to care about. And if they've got a a foul of peewee, well, you're really playing with fire because you may have nobody to care about you or defend you. And it didn't seem to me that Pee-wee ever woke up in the morning going, okay, I'm going to go find somebody to kill. I think it seemed like he might have woken up in the morning and gone, you know what, that thing that happened yesterday, I'm going to have to kill that guy for that. That's what I think. Margaret O'Shea covered Pee-wee Gaskins for The State, Columbia, South Carolina's daily newspaper. 
I fully believe that he was one of those people in this world who felt nothing much for others. He considered killing as something that met his needs and was not overly concerned about how much he hurt somebody or the people who might have loved them and missed them after they were gone. In fact, in the case of his own niece and her friend whom he killed together, his family was distraught that they had disappeared and was worried about them. And he just casually went through life saying, you know, I guess they ran away. Janice Kirby and Patricia Allsbrook disappeared in December 1970. Janice, 15, was Pee-wee's niece, daughter of his sister, Inez Gaskins Kirby. They moved from the area near Pee-wee's burial field just eight weeks before the girls went missing. Janice was classmates with Patricia Ann Allsbrook at Edmonds High School. His niece, Janice Kirby, he loved her in whatever way he could love somebody. He found out one thing he didn't like about her, and she was gone. These girls showed up at Pee-wee's trailer near Prospect and hung out for several days around Christmas 1970. He was living there at the time and known as a festive guy who hosted parties, and the girls were on the lookout for some fun. They were at his house together. And they were on drugs. For some reason, drugs were one thing that was sort of against his code if he had one. That had something to do with it. And they had a fight, and he beat both girls to death. But it seems to me that there had to have been more to it than that. What strikes me about his victims was that most of them however long or however briefly they knew him, didn't have a whole lot of reason to be afraid of him that they knew of. I mean, you know, they were not aware of his activities outside the sphere that they shared with him. But it didn't take much to find out the truth about him. And then they were gone. As part of his plea deal to avoid the electric chair, Pee-wee told authorities to look for a concrete slab in the area around his killing field and they'd find a body. Ira Parnell was there with one of Pee-wee's attorneys when authorities found Patricia Albrook's body in 1975, five years after she went missing. Pee-wee kept telling his attorney about a body under a cement slab. And one of Daddy's deputies lived about a half mile across the field from where this old house spot was. And everybody was trying to rack their brains figuring out where a cement slab was. And old Bill Prescott, he said, the only cement slab I know about one in the front yard of that old house there by me up there was a cover for the safety tank. There was about four or five of us went over there. We took a pry bar and moved it, seen that lid over, and shined a light down in there, and there was her whole skeleton right there in the septic tank. <laughs> Thankfully, it was an old septic tank. It hadn't been in use in quite a while, but uh, we 
had to let Dr. Sexton down in the bucket of a backhoe to uh, do his preliminary examination. They gathered up everything good initially and then got a clean safety tank truck, sucked up everything else out of the tank till it was dry and blew it through a screen out in the field. That's where we found her high school ring with her initials in it, which allowed us to make identification on her. Several weeks after her body was found, Patricia Albrook's family buried her remains. Unfortunately, authorities didn't find Pee-wee's niece, Janice, right away. He killed those two girls on the same day, and he took the body of Patricia Allsbrook and stuffed it in a septic tank. But for some reason, he decided he couldn't do that to his niece, so he buried her somewhere else. Janice Kirby's body was found 50 yards away in an area adjacent to the Gaskin family graveyard. To some, it seemed he had tried to give her the mere semblance of a family burial. Not a lot surprises me about what people are capable of doing. And at that point in my life, I had written about many, many others who had done distasteful things, illegal and grisly things. I was a little surprised that people called him a serial killer. He didn't have an M.O. He didn't have a trigger or a desire to be met. And, you know, that, that figured into all of his killings. Jim Beatty's enthusiasm never wavered. He wrote as quickly as he could during his regular meetings with Pee Wee. His steely-eyed focus produced a multifaceted picture of this mass murderer. I think Dad saw him as a really bad guy. But the process of telling the story requires that you share every side of the main character's life. And regardless of how heinous these crimes are, you can point to some things in Pee Wee's life that at least made these things possible. That does not exonerate or glorify what he has done or what he did, but it does share the full story of Pee-wee and where his life ultimately took him. I think his craftiness developed as a tortured and abused little boy. I think that he became so clearly defensive. As he told me, uh, Mr. Jim, I never shed a tear after age seven. He said, I decided that day in the front yard on that Sunday afternoon that they never would see me cry again. And he said, nobody ever did. I I think that that uh, was formed during those uh, terrible, terrible years of child abuse. My prayer was that through what I wrote and what I had studied and what I thought I had learned is that one child, one child would have been spared from ever becoming another Pee Wee Gaskins. And as a society, 
and as a people, rather than hold this individual up as a monster, period. Hold him up as a monster and see why and how we could do otherwise with the four-year-old little boy who lived 80 miles from another little boy his same age who turned out a little bit differently only because of the way I was loved and raised and brought up. I believe that love conquers all. Kiwi Gaskins was not my friend is a joint production from iHeartRadio and Doghouse Pictures. Produced and hosted by Jeff Keating. Executive producers are Courtney DeFries and Noel Brown. Written by Jim Roberts, Courtney DeFries, and Terry James. Edit, mix, and sound design by Jeremiah Kulani Prescott. Music composed by Diamond Street Productions, Spencer Garn and Ian Newberry. Special thanks to Jim and Anita Beatty. Additional thanks to the University of South Carolina Moving Image Research Collections and the University of South Carolina. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.